like to welcome all of you for our Sunday morning service. It's a privilege for us to worship God um, in this corporate house here. Uh, and when we have this opportunity to come uh, and, to, and to be part of what God is doing in Dallas City through Zion Church, I'm just excited. I am, I am thrilled. Uh, I know the best is yet to come. God is on the move of doing amazing things in the life of our people. And, uh, you know, I see Rinsey and uh, uh, Joy is here. You know, they're all smiling. Um, they are back from their wedding and uh, uh, they are smiling. Now they're eagerly waiting for their better half to come. Uh, I've been in that shoes. I've been in that uh, situations. And uh, God was good during the time. Uh, uh, you know, when we were waiting for us to be joined together once again after our wedding. So may the Lord continue to bless both of you as you are waiting and all the paperwork that is happening right now with visa processing and everything. I pray God's blessings and favors will. And this is the same prayer that I have for my brother, Jofi, as he is waiting for his better half, his wife, to join him. He's also smiling. Come on, people. Can we actually put our hands together for our newly wedded people? We, we wish them, we congratulate them, and our prayers, our prayers are always with you, no matter how, what are you, you're going through, whatever you're facing, you know, just let us know. We are always praying for you guys. Um, thank you so much for all the updates that, you know, you were giving from India, and after you have reached back here, may the Lord continue to bless everybody uh, in this house. And also, uh, everybody um, who is here for the very first time in our midst, uh, I'd like to, um, you know, welcome you to our church service. Maybe you're, this is the first time you're experiencing Zion's worship. May the Lord continue to bless you and if you are around the city or uh, if you are in the U.S. or if you're visiting from India or if you're watching us live, um, this is the best place on planet right now. So I would like to welcome you to join us as soon as possible. May the Lord continue to bless each one of our families. How, how is everybody doing? One of the things that I like the most is when I stand here, I don't want anybody, anybody to look down and say, you know, I look good, so you must be looking at me. Come on. <laughs> Better than me, I believe my Savior is with me. I have this privilege of, of, you know, going and walking into areas with my Lord. And I know whenever I walk into a place, the angels of God Almighty is with me. And I, when I stand here, I believe it's not just me. Because one of the things that in my early ministry I asked the Lord is, Lord, if not your presence, because this is the same scriptures from Moses I learned. If not your presence, lead me. Don't let me go. You all understand that? Praise the Lord. I have told God, God, you know, you have called me for ministry. I know, uh, you know, my age and everything that if I, I don't want to mention my age all the time here. I don't, I'm not a kid, okay? But, um, you know, uh, um, you know uh, uh, when I told God, when I, I surrendered my life for full-time ministry, I know God and I told him, God, you know, uh, are you sure I'm, I'm, uh, my age doesn't qualify to be me being a pastor? Uh, you know, but God said, I am with you. Uh, and, and, you know, when God said, I am with you, it doesn't matter who is with me or not. It just matters that God is with me. He is leading me. And as long as I know the presence of God is leading me, I have no worries in standing in any congregation, in any place uh, to just deliver the word of God that has been proclaimed and saved me. And today believe that as the word of God has been shared, I will pray that this will be the seed sown into your heart, into your life, and it'll bring forth fruits of revival and rejoice and peace wherever God takes you. May this be the words of encouragement that you receive today, and may the Lord continue to bless each one of you. Today we also know, and as you all are here, we have our Holy Communion right uh, right, right behind me, and um, it's kind of a, you know, I, I hate to show my back, you know, when the Holy Communion table is right behind uh, behind
but um, you know, um, the lack of space and everything uh, at the same time. Let's look into the Word. Is that okay? Are you all ready? Amen? So today, as we continue on into the Word, um, you know, um, um, I'm just continuing from where I stopped last week. And I know last week, when I was sharing the Word, um, I had mentioned that it would be the end of the series that we were doing in Cornerstone. And uh, last week, I spoke about from the life of David, and we learned from the question that David had asked, who am I that you have brought my family and myself thus far, that you have provided and protected and taken care and you anointed and you have taken and you have ordained the future of my entire family. We understood from the story of David, and today as we look forward, I want to bring your attention towards um, another man, uh, you know, who had actually mentioned about the same question. He asked the same question, who am I? And, uh, you know, we are going to look into that scripture today. It's from Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. And today I'd like to title my message as the continuation of um, who am I. Uh, it will be a part two of our, our, our word. You know, after the service, you know, most of the people, you know, they are, rec- some of them, you know, told me that they are recording the message and everything. We we have our podcast. We have our messages on YouTube. You can always go and subscribe and follow our Zion Church YouTube channel and the podcast. You will always get all the recordings and messages that um, we try to put up in this. Um, Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Janice had mentioned that I must um, you know, talk about a joke today. Uh, and she's smiling again. You know, this jacket that I'm wearing, it's after six long years. This is uh, Anisha and I, we had the privilege of celebrating six years of our wedded life last week. And I thought when I was taking my jacket from India, this time when I went to India, I was thinking, okay, I need to wear this on my church. And thankfully, I fit into the same jacket that I wore six years ago. Isn't God good? (laughs) Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Are we all ready with the word? Can I hear an amen? It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What a beautiful question that we see. Last week we learned from the life of David where he asked the Lord, who am I that you have chosen me and you have anointed me and you have kept me safe and you have brought my family. That's why And today we look into the question of one of the greatest leaders that Israel have ever seen. Oh, come on. He was one of the greatest leaders that the world has ever seen. God anointed, God appointed, God has chosen, God has brought him out. And we see the life of Moses. And when we look into the life of Moses, I want to bring your attention that the life of Moses runs parallel to the life of Jesus Christ. We see similarities in both of their life. Moses was the great, one of the greatest prophets that you know, we see in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, and also Jesus Christ, the King, uh, and, and a prophet to the, new, the in the New Testament that we see. And we see the, the, the story of Moses and Jesus that runs parallel uh, in, in both the ways, in all the, the stories and passages that when we read through Exodus, we understand that. But in this story here, we see in chapter 3, verse 11, when you start the verses from 1 onwards, we see the story mentions about Moses and the experience that he has with the, with the burning bush. Come on, with the burning bush. So the story talks about Moses and the burning bush. But as we understand and we look into that story, and when we come, you know, we see and understand that through the burning bush experience, God Almighty is now talking to 
to Moses and giving him an ordinance, giving him a commission, reinstating the choice, the purpose that Moses' life had in the very first place. And here in the story, we see that when through all of these conversations is has, uh, happening, Moses asked the Lord and in that voice, he asked, Lord, who am I? Who am I? It's a very interesting question that most of us in a Christian journey, oftentimes we can ask to ourselves, or maybe you have already done so, and already you might be asking yourself, who am I? What am I doing over here? Who am I? And But the, the thought process of both the questions that David had asked and the thought process of the question that uh, uh, Moses is asking, it's, it's in a two different tangents. It's, it's not the same equal level. But at the same time, Moses asked the Lord, Lord, who am I to, to, to be chosen by you? Who am I to go and liberate the Israelites from the, from the, the hands of Egypt? We know the story, so I'm not going behind the story because even in your sleep, I can wake you up and you will always be like, Moses. He was, he was chosen by God, and, and God, God chose him to liberate the Israel. Even in your sleep, when you wake up, you will, I mean, every pastor has a message about Moses. He's a favorite character. And in every church and Sunday school, all of us, we know it. We have heard the name of Moses. But I want to look into the question here. Lord, Moses asked the Lord, Lord, who am I? There's a serious identity crisis that Moses is going through. 40 years ago, if the same question, I mean, Moses would not have asked the same question because he was the most good looking, the most efficient, the most qualified, the next in command and the next in ruler to be in Egypt. Moses had the, all the qualifications because he was well trained in Egypt as the, as, the, as the son of the princess. He had all the qualifications there. But here we see 40 years fast forward his life and he comes to an area where he is asking the Lord, Lord, who am I really? Who am I really? Who am I really? That you have chosen me. I want to know who I, my mom told me that I was chosen. My mom told me that I have a divine commission over my life. My mom told me that I am appointed and I will be served as a pastor. My mom told me that I will be a worship. My mom told me. My dad told me. People around me told me that I am a special child. But I don't see any thing happening in my life. It's been 40 plus 40. It's been 80 years. I don't see anything. I don't see what God has promised in my life. I don't see anything happening. It's been 40 plus 40, almost 80 years. Almost 80 years. I don't see it. My name means I am drawn out of the water. I am drawn out of the water. I'm drawn out of for a purpose. I am drawn out for a task that God has put in my life. I know and I understand all that. But I don't see the purpose why I have been drawn out. I was doing well in Egypt until you gave me a chance to to be the ruler of the people, but the, he, he fast forwards and he thinks and he, he puts all the dots in places and he thinks through the lines and he's asking God, Lord, who am I really? Because 40 years ago, I went to be the ruler of the Israelites. I saw an Egyptian smitting a, a, a fellow Hebrew brother of mine. I killed the Egyptian. But the next day when I went, went back to them, they said, who appointed you? As a ruler, 
over our life. Have you read the scripture portion? Who the same person I went to help them. I thought this was my calling. I thought the Lord has appointed me for this season. And I went to take my mandate. I went to take care of what God had asked me in my life to do. But they asked me, who am I? My own brothers asked me, who am I? My own brothers asked me, you know, who has appointed you as a ruler over us? My own brothers. I don't know who I am. Fast forward his life as he's moving forward. He, he, he killed the Egyptian and, and he's moving forward. And as he moves forward, he comes to uh, uh, the Midianites. And as when he comes to Midianites, he sees uh, uh, the, the, the daughters of Ruel. Um, the seven daughters of Ruel, as they were drawing water off of the well, we see the story there. They went back, the daughters of Ruel, uh, Zipporah, and her sisters, they went back to Ruel. And they said, you know what, Dad? An Egyptian helped us. Whom are they talking about? They're talking about Moses. Ruel and uh, 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 his daughters, the seven daughters, said that an Egyptian helped us. What does it mean? They identified Moses as not a Hebrew. They identified Moses as a as an Egyptian. There's a serious identity crisis that Moses is going through over here. That when he goes back to his own people, his people ask them, who are you and who has appointed you? When he's trying to run away and find his own identity, people align and ask him, oh, are you not the Egyptian? Because 40 years of his lifestyle in Egypt made him look more like an Egyptian than a Hebrew person. Oh, are you trying to understand the revelation behind it? The more you try to link and link around and, and, and walk around and move around among people of ungodly nature, the more you look like them. Moses came back to Midianites and people looked at him and they said, you know what? Is he not an Egyptian? Is he not an Egyptian? What does people look at in our life and they tell and talk about us? Is he a child of God or is he an Egyptian? We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Sometimes, you know, in our, in our Malayali culture, this is very bad that I hate the most, and I mention that all the time, is that we, we try to keep a wall of suppression all the time around us. Know that we are in the world. We are in the world. If you have to minister, you have to be transparent that people see you. That does not mean whatever is there you take in on or yourself. It simply means whatever is in you transfers to your neighborhood. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Here in the story we see Moses has been identified as an Egyptian for the next 40 years. He's going through a serious identity crisis of knowing who he really is. He's raging a warfare within himself. Am I an Egyptian or am I a Hebrew guy? My mom told me that I am chosen and anointed and separated to liberate my own people. But here am I. What am I doing? I'm taking care of my father-in-law's sheep. At 80 years old, Moses has nothing to claim for himself. It's been 80 years, but still, even now, he is taking care of his father-in-law. He does nothing to claim for himself. Oh, what a pitiful sight that is. He's nothing to claim for himself. But there were promises about his life. When he was born, there were promises about his life. 
When he was born, his mom looked at the son and said, Yo, this is a fine child. He's handsome. He's good looking. This is my boy. I'm going to protect him. Every other male child, when they've been killed, I'm going to protect and keep, and keep him safe. Mom kept him safe for the next two, three months. Moses grew up in the knowledge of, of who he really was. He identified, he started identifying himself with the Hebrews, but the Hebrews did not align to the wishes and the plans that Moses had for them. They chased him away. Oh, come on. Moses is going through a serious identity crisis. He's asking himself, who am I? That's the story we see here. Who am I? God says, Moses, you have to go back and liberate my people. Moses asks, God, are you serious? Is it me? Did you not find anybody else? It was 40 years ago, I would have understood your calling. But it's now it's too late. Who am I, Lord? Who am I? I am old. I am weak. You see, all that I have right now is my father-in-law's books. I have nothing to claim for myself. I have nothing where I can put my name and say, this belongs to Moses. No, God, there's nothing. I don't think this is going to happen. I think you're mistaken. This is wrong. And he brings out a lot of excuses. It's a lot of excuses. Why am I sharing this today? I know that there is somebody here who is going through this battle of an identity crisis within yourself. You're asking yourself, who am I really? My father said that I'm a child of God, but I see every negative things happening again on my life. My, my parents said that I'm chosen for ministry, but I don't see my life aligning to the assignment that God has given place in my life. But can I tell you something? The God of all wonders is today asking you, my friend, can you, will you go and liberate my people out of the hands of the Egyptians? Don't turn your back on God Almighty. He is with you in the journey. And we see in the story, as we read through, I'm, I don't have enough time to go behind. I want you to read, go back home and read Exodus chapter 1, 2, and 3. You would see the story and the context where I'm speaking from. Moses is broken. He's tired. 80-year-old man. Come on. He's, he can't even walk properly. <gasps> he's walking. He's, he's having his, his, his stick with him. And he's, as, he's trying to help himself. And he sees this fire uh, in the bush. And the bush, the fire is not consuming the bush. There. She, he sees the magic happening there. And all of a sudden, he's, he's, he hears all of these words. And the word says, Moses, will you go for me? Will you go? For me, will you go for me and go and liberate my people out of the hands of the Egyptians? Today is my message. I want y'all to know that God has chosen you and appointed you to liberate some families out of the hands of the Egyptians. And I proclaim over the life of every individual here that God has chosen you and placed you in this. Can I tell you something? It's my highest privilege to stand as a minister of God in this generation. In this generation. And I want to re reclaim that. You know, it's your privilege as Pradeep. It's your privilege. Janice and, 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 and everybody here. Madden, Benjamin. Every, everybody here. It's our privilege in this generation to stand as a witness for God Almighty. It's our privilege. He could have chosen anybody else, but he chose you. Moses asked, Lord, who am I? Don't ask Ben. Are you asking that question? Who am I, Lord? Can I sing? Can I do? Can I preach? Can I tell you? You can. You can. Your testimony will bring people to the Lord. Matt, even you. Janice, you too. Pradeep, you're annoying. Everybody here. You can just call out your own name and say, God, I am. And you have asked me to do it and I will do it. Now bringing out excuses to God Almighty and say, Lord, who am I? And what am I? Can I do it? No. You are the one that is called and that is separated.
Oh yeah, training period and the process to the promise is not a happy journey. Every promise has a process. You can't just get the promise all just like that. There's a process to get your promise. Understand and underline my word. There's a process to get your promise. There's a process. Nobody likes the process. Oh, come on. Moses had a process to go through. Lord had to unlearn the 40 years of Egyptian life in the wilderness so that the next 40 years as he's leading the people, God knows that Moses will be an efficient leader for the next 40 years only if he had a 40-year training period in the wilderness. Come on. You cannot... You cannot just bypass the process to get to the promise. You have to go through the channel. If not, your promise will not be with you forever. If you have not gone through the process. Your process helps you to to identify yourself, who you are in Christ Jesus. Who are you? You are the child of God Almighty. He is your boss and He has called you. He has called you. Folks, am I talking to a lively church today? As you're listening to me, parents and children, as you're listening to me, all of you guys, I'm going to ask you, God has chosen you for a purpose greater than what you think about yourself. And I proclaim it over your life. You know what the question Moses had, God? He told Moses, I cannot even speak properly. I'm a stammerer, right? That's what in chapter 4 when you read, that's what he says. I'm, I'm a person of, you know, low scale speech. I can't speak properly. I can't, I'm, I, I don't have the eloquency. I can't bring everything together. Oh. But can I tell you something? That was a big lie. That's a big lie. <laughs> that's a big lie. Because when we look to Acts chapter 7, you can turn your Bible to Acts chapter 7. Verse 22, Acts chapter 7, verse 22. Here is Stephen standing in the midst of a huge group of people who is trying to accuse him and kill him and, and, and murder him. And he stands up to preach. When he stands up to preach, you know what's, what, what does verse 22 say? Can somebody read verse 22? Acts chapter 7, verse 22. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptian. And he was mighty in his words. And his, come on somebody, and his, and his deeds. He was mighty in his words and his deeds. Where did he learn that? He learned that in Egypt. And 40 years later, he comes back to the Lord and says, God, I am a man of low speech. I can't speak properly. My words doesn't make sense to anybody. But in Acts chapter 7, Stephen gets a revelation from God Almighty. And he says, you know what? Moses was a man with full of wisdom and his speech was so eloquent. He was powerful in his speech. Stephen could understand that in New Testament, Moses failed to understand about himself in the Old Testament. That's your story. That's my story. We always try to put ourselves down. But can I tell you something? The God of all wonders is over your life. If he has called you, he will take and lead you in every aspect. Stop asking the Lord who you are because you should know who you are in Christ Jesus. You are the child of God Almighty. He is your Abba. He is your Father. He is your leader. He is your Guru. He is the leader of our life. Moses asks God, Lord, Lord, who am I? He's going through a serious identity crisis. Sometimes we go through a phase in our life where we don't know who we really are. But thankful to what Christ has done in our life. Thankful for, for His grace. Can I have the worship team behind me right now as we transition and move forward with what the Lord has done in our life. I mean, can I tell you, it's not because of what we have done. It's just because of His grace. It is Him who has chosen us. 
You have the calling of God Almighty in your life. Praise the Lord. Moses asked this question. Moses asked, God, who, who, who really I am? I cannot identify myself as an Egyptian. I cannot identify myself as a Hebrew. Who I am? Who I am? Where does my power come from? How shall I stand in front of Pharaoh? He's trying to kill me. The entire Hebrew nation is trying to find me and kill me. Who am I, Lord? Is it true that it is me that you have appointed that I will go back and liberate those people? God said, yes, you are. God said, Moses asked, you know, what is your name? What shall I tell them? Who, who sent me? He said, I am who I am is sending you right now. Moses asked this question, who I am? God said, I am who I am. You know what does it mean? Simply means, when you look in the mirror, you find God in your life. If your life is fully transformed in the way who God is, then you look in the mirror and you say, I am who I am, what God has said about my life. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. I am who I am, what God has promised for me. I am who I am, what God has aligned my life to be. I am who I am, what heaven declares about me. Don't look, don't count yourself worthless and not so important. Count yourself as a child of God. Bible said, I am is sending you. Who is sending you, my friend? I am is sending you. I am is sending you. Y'all know the story maybe many, many, many years ago, maybe I was in my 10th grade when, uh, when a, a, a gang of people came to hit me because I was preaching uh, Jesus Christ as a living God Almighty. As a 10th grade old boy, even then I realized it is the I am who is sending me. If I die, it is the gain of heaven. I, if I live, I live for Christ. Why am I sharing this word here? Because there's somebody here who needs to hear because you're asking this question, who am I? Can I minister? Can I move forward? Can I tell you, your words have the power. Your testimony has the power. God has asked you to be the witness in this generation. Be a witness of Jesus Christ. Be a witness of our Savior. Wherever you are, we are... Be a witness. Your testimony has the power to liberate somebody from the hands of the Egyptians. Your testimony has the power to liberate. You are chosen and you're appointed in this generation. Oh, come on, somebody. Where do we get all this power? How do we know all this? Let me look into the table. We understand one of the most important truths. It's not because of who I am. It's because of who He is. It's not because of what I have done. It is because of who and what He has done. Come on, I tell you, this table right here, we have done this for many, many years and every month whenever we do the Holy Communion, I'd like to do something different. Not because there's something wrong, because I want to do, I want you to see, uh, look towards this table with a different lens, not just the same lens that you have always viewed. All of our life, we are not someone because of our own merits. It is because of what the Lord has done in our life. On the cross, what He has achieved, no man ever can ever achieve what Christ has achieved for us. 
what the Lord 